just invented chocolates. I hate it. <laughs> All right, dude. Oh. Can you hear yourself? Yeah, loud and clear. Can you hear everything? I can hear all the things. All the things. If Gibson farted in the other room, I would hear it. Well, we don't want that. We don't want... I mean, he can fart all he wants, but we don't want to hear that. Oh, you go from the side, do you? Yeah. You can do whatever you want. There's no rules. That's a good strategy. No rules to this thing. Oh, nice. You can get close. Yeah. Tied up on that puppy. On the puppy. Mm. Dude. Um, Hold on. This is annoying me. Camera. Damn it. Shadows in here, but that's fine. No, it's not a professional studio yet. Uh, anyway, dude. Yeah, so you were asking questions about how the setup works. So the mixer, I wish I had the QSC, but it is what it is. Now, uh, the mixer, I sent that, you know, that's a typical, um, you know, interface that has an interface built in. Yamaha is actually one of the first, um, like super cheap consoles to have the interface in the back, like the USB B to hook up to the USB on the computer. What'd you say, Yamaha? Uh, Yamaha. Oh. Yeah. Oh, to have a mixer with an interface and it's built in. Yep. As a commercial, like a super cheap commercial one. Yeah. And then um, the ATM Mini, yeah, the ATM Mini Pro, Black Magic makes that. They're awesome. They're, they've been in the video business for so long. Hmm. Right before the pandemic, you know, they came out with this A10 Mini Pro, and I kind of was looking at it, and then it was just to record videos and shit, and it's really cool. So, like, I can hook up, you know, that camera. You can actually do, like, wireless cards, too, to where you can have a wireless card, a wireless camera action on it and shit. Um, wow. And then that feeds into the computer, and then OBS is what ties it all together. Um, so, right, so right now it's recording directly onto the computer, right? Yep. Yeah, Dude, I, I could live stream too. When I started trying to put together videos, just kind of very, really similar to this format, I was searching like 20,000 different things. <clears throat> Can I record with a camcorder directly on, onto my computer? And I wasn't finding anything like this. I don't know why. That's so weird because not only there's not only this, there's several hundred other programs to do well, I imagine just like there's so many different kinds of like uh you know audio interfaces to get sound onto your computer so I assume there had to be a way you know what you know what probably happened I probably started seeing the price point for some of these things and was like oh well, I'm not gonna pay that oh dude, that's probably what happened this is when I had um like we were doing pretty good cover band wise right before the uh pandemic mm -hmm. like really like really good I, I mean you know, we were still, I was paying the band, you know, that was still like the hundred dollars and plus I would cover food and stuff a day. And, um, but we were going all over and, and doing really well. And I was able to buy, this was originally, you know, for the band so we could do like acoustic videos, hmm. you know what I mean? And I could record our performances and, uh, it was really for that. And then it just got repurposed and you can, you can we can still use it for whatever, but sure. 
Yeah. So that's when I had like that kind of money. And now it's like, all right, got to get back to it. I kind of miss the cover band thing, dude. Like the only reason I miss it is because it was so consistent. Yeah. I, I'm, I miss some of the shows in PA, not necessarily for playing covers. I mean, I do like playing covers and that's a lot of what we're doing here. Um, but, um, I think the crowds in Pennsylvania, the type of people that we had at our shows there versus here is obviously completely, it's a completely different thing. How so? Well, in Pennsylvania, we had like, I feel like the people that enjoyed coming to our shows, um, kind of any of the, any of the bands that we ended up gigging with, uh, you, Tyler, American Wild, um, all those guys, um, it just became a great place to go hang out where there really, at least for our friends, wasn't much, like, where else were you going to go? It became a cool place to hang out was at our shows. You know what I mean? Oh, that's cool. I never thought of it and never saw it, but I, I like that. I like that. Well, that's why people ended up bringing their friends. Yeah. I, I feel like it's kind of similar to you're, you're flipping through your phone, you're scrolling, 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 you come across something funny, and now you want to share it with your friend. Like the value exchange to me, what, what makes me want to share a meme with you? Well, it's like valuable. If you yeah. think it's funny, then you think I'm funny. So I'm going to take you somewhere that I think is cool to see a band that I think is cool with other cool people. That's why people keep bringing more and more people out to a show. No, that's, that's yeah. You have a good time, and I get that. I can relate to that. Yeah, so it just became this growing thing. So, And especially when you would put together an event with everybody, it's just compounding that effect. Oh, well, when all our favorite bands are at one place, where else are we going to go? We would be dumb yeah. not to go. Here's the thing, man. Uh, you know, and I think you knew this. I, you know this without saying it. Up there, I got to the point where I, I have no problem. I, up there, I got to the point where every... Nobody wanted to work together. Mm. It's still like it frustrates the shit out of me. Like, listen, I know we all gotta get paid and I, we all gotta do something. It's but at some point you gotta be like, Okay, we're gonna do this for the bigger part because what's one show taking a, a tiny cut and where we can all play it so that we can keep building this fan base so that we can, you know, keep riding this road. What's one show that we can all do together, show the support for a particular area? What's one show doing that? And like, nobody wants to budge. It was annoying as shit, man. Whenever I tried to put together uh, like the HMAC shows or shit. Yeah. Dude, it was the worst. Because, uh, or so, a lot of the other shows, it was like I had to pull teeth for, I was like, dude, like you're playing this show. I don't know. That was annoying. Well, hang on. Let me let me back up. Let me start with something like uh, last time we were at Englewood. Thought it went, yeah. Thought it went really well, right? Yeah. So you had two guys. That was American Wild and whiskey and whiskey on the rocks. Ryan Allen, really? Because right, that was yeah, down. Just, yeah, yeah. So were they happy to open? Yeah. Okay. New venue. New venues really excite people. Really excite artists and it's bands. A beautiful venue. Holy oh, cow! Oh, it's fucking great, man. Um, so is that what you were trying to pull off at HMAC having 
I want to build with H with H Mac. What Chris oh, with, with with H Mac the venue. Yeah, so I mean, we're we're talking about two separate ideas here right now. Okay, but that's I why want, I wanted. That's why I brought it up to clarify. I wanted to build something like a country scene, like this one big fam at H Mac. Mm-hmm. Chris Warner was super open to it. He was inviting. He's like, "Let's do it because we don't have a country scene. Nobody has taken the ball in Central PA and been like, we're the country bar.' Trying to take, yeah, establish it. And it's there. Like it's up for anybody out there to take. Right." Nobody has done it yet, and I want to do it with Chris. But you know, you run into two issues. One, HMAC has this. HMAC has this. You know, it's in the city. There's not really a lot of parking, and I I do understand that people don't want to necessarily come out to the show um, for that reason. But you know, he's tr- there's also like the pay issue. And it's not that he wouldn't pay mm-hmm. fairly. It was that you know. When you're trying to develop a scene, you gotta have some sort of investment. Investment. Somebody, either somebody or some uh, some company, will sponsor the event, basically, so you can continue to pay. Like, excuse me, so that you can pay. Uh, like the let's say Smirnoff sponsored a one big fam event. Awesome. Right. We and then they just sell Smirnoff. Well, they pay the bands, so that's payment for the bands. Right. And it, it didn't really happen that way. So we relied on tickets, and tickets were fine, but, you know, trying to... We should talk more about sponsors later. Like, I don't oh. want to... Let's not forget that. We can talk more about sponsors now, man. I'll, I'll shorten this up. Basically, it came down to... Um, I had to do it all. I had to get... If I want to work with that, I had to, do, I had to get all the sponsors... I do X, Y, and Z. And I was like, this is not my venue. If I had a price, if I had a take in the venue, then I would do it. But I know our career is going to be a little bigger than just, you know, I love HMAC. But I can't spend the time and, and waste the money to try and develop something up there that isn't going to, that isn't bringing outside interest purposefully where I have to bring in you know, all the sponsors or uh, really cr- promote it, promote it. Now, yeah, they did. at that point, they're just providing literally exactly. the stage and the sound. Yeah, That's And again, they're, they're awesome for giving the chance there. And, and we still talk, and he still wants to develop the scene. Um, but, you know, and it's also unfortunate that he doesn't have a say on a lot of the openers. He offered me an, uh, right. an opener, an opening for Matt Stell uh, November 18th, and I was like, I would love to. Now I got, and and this is an issue necessarily, but now I got to work on getting shows around that if I wanted to, if we want to take it. But it's like Cadillac Three is coming up, mm-hmm. uh, and that would be the twenty first or something of September. How sweet would that be if the country fucking scene, the guys in the country scene are going to open up for the country shows coming up? Kind of makes sense, right? Fucking win win. Isn't that what, how it's supposed to be? Here's the thing. Now uh, this is. Because of COVID, the trends that I saw, not necessarily, maybe I'm wrong, but the trends that I saw were that now all these artists used to bring like maybe one, maybe one art uh, that they're doing like these small clubs. I would consider HMAC a small club. Um, what's the venue in Reading? Uh, Reverb. Reverb, a small club. Like those small clubs, um, they might, they might, 
bring one opener. Now it's like they're definitely bringing an opener and possibly another. So when they have another, it's like, why have, well, I have three acts that these labels, these publishers, and these these management companies are trying to build road status on. So the oh, way, oh, go ahead. Sorry, real quick. I would keep your eyes on Reaver because they're definitely more open to having local openers than other venues. Unless you have your face as... Dude. No, you're wrong. <laughs> Listen. We can talk about it off air. Yeah. Okay. We can talk about it off air. Go back to... It got, it got, small clubs. Go yeah. back to small clubs. Are you please, let's re, please remind you. got your phone. Yeah, text right, me, text right. me that, please. Because okay. it is something... I'm surprised I never told you about this. Okay. Got snuffed two times, two times directly. Third time was more kind of like uh, maybe, you know? All right. Okay. So I should come through there eventually. But uh, small clubs. So now they got these artists where now, now you got these artists that they're bringing to clubs, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's because, you know, COVID kind of stopped the traveling and I don't know why they continue to do it now, but now it makes the people that are local that can bring money, that can bring uh, like ticket sales up. It makes them not have anywhere to play. Now there are some instances like you do get some chances that they don't bring an opener, but man, it's like it's that much harder to get into to get into an opening slot at a venue now. It's that much harder. Damn, why not? I guess I haven't paid too much attention to that. But go, going back to what you were saying about kind of building and establishing a scene, yeah, country related. Um, what can you can you kind of paint a picture for me? What is the ideal scenario, like the end game? Like we're we're a couple years down the road, things are going the way you want for what, us or this for, scene for that scene that you're describing. What you're trying to build at HMAC? Like, what do you think? What's it look like? getting to where you think like, okay, well, yeah, things have been going well. That's why this is the result now. How that would look <clears throat> is you kind of have like a monthly residency. Right. Okay. Um, you don't want to be weekly, but you have a monthly residency of where you get sponsors. So what that sponsorship does is allows you as the venue or as like the host to bring artists that are up and coming, but don't cost that much. Mm -hmm. So like a, you know, like a TikTok guy that doesn't necessarily know, like have their a worth just yet, but you can bring them up because they'd be excited to tour. Or, you know, somebody small that maybe they can do something with the band and makes it worth it. Or they just, we just fly them in acoustically. Something to where you're able to establish a footing have recurring success. You know, I, my, my big thing is like, what are systems that we can have to have recurring success and not have to figure shit out every time we go back to the drawing board? Right. It's like, there's no drawing board. It's, hey, we get this sponsorship money because they're selling something that we can sell and it's strictly that they make money, we make money, or we, we at least get the money to pay for the entertainment and the ticket sales can get split between the artist and venue or just go to the venue. You know? Well, yeah, okay. So by having by having reoccurring shows <clears throat> and kind of circling back to what I mentioned before, 
You have reoccurring shows. People know what's up. You can't make it this month, whatever. You get next month. If, if, in, uh, if they're good shows, you're bringing in good acts consistently on a regular basis, well, then the fan base is just going to keep growing because it's going to be like, take, like, look at Whiskey Jam, for example. Yes. Now it has this big air around it because uh, it's a consistent showcase um, with usually pretty decent acts and sometimes, yeah. sometimes really impressive acts. Um, <clears throat> so that makes sense. I would like to talk more about, I, I mentioned uh, my buddy Rich Johnson back in Reading. Uh, he did a really good job in Reading, bringing in acts from out of town into Reading and uh, their, their bars and venues uh, from out of town. And by doing so, Reading has a good base of talent, but bringing people in from out of town um, to where they had to be, it helps out the bands. It helped out new businesses. Uh, he would go into new businesses and get in the right bands, so just which would just pack people into these venues because yeah. he knew what bands were going to bring people. Um, so he would bring new talent, existing talent, and uh, over over the years, he has made um, he has grown the amount of people that are that are interested in watching live entertainment today. Because uh, it may have been more popular years ago, but I feel like it definitely dipped off over the years. Now he's at a point where I feel like he's getting more and more people to come and just see live music in Reading in general, which I think is a powerful thing. Yeah, so, dude. So yeah, ideally yeah. having consistent shows and just getting more and more people every month—that's that. That seems logical and like attainable, you know, if everybody it was is. on board. Now, after like two or three months, you know, the newness—it's it's where you have to start to develop. You develop the consistency, and then you develop the newness because the newness is what's going to keep new people coming back and the same people coming back. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, fuck, it's third Friday. It's Country Friday. Or something, you know. Right. It's it's um. It's you know, that's what I wanted to do. Um, and it was very difficult. That's why I wanted to do selfishly because I knew it's self to me is selfishly and unselfishly because look, if that gets successful, we get successful. Mm -hmm. Then the bands that come through also get more successful. Like well, yeah, it's a win all the way around because then the the venue would keep yeah. winning, the bands would keep winning, and then the yeah the the fans or the listeners, customers, whatever you want to call them, they build they're their winning own too. Yeah. They're winning too because it's somewhere they want to be and they're having fun. Dude, it was mind blowing to me how many I tried to explain it too to some of the people that we know. Uh -huh. Shot down because of their own ego, dude. And that's really what it came down to. I don't care whatever else they say, it's their own ego. But that's that's central Pennsylvania for you. Because it's small town minds that forget that the fishbowl is actually much larger than what they, their little section of the pond is. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I don't know how much it applies, but my meeting with Bonnie earlier, she said it's funny how you start working with people and then your friends end up becoming your competition later. It's it, I. It's very funny, man. Because <laughs> here, he, you know, it's part of the life, and I, I really don't want that to happen down here. I don't know how to stop it, and I know we're new enough to where we don't even get a taste of it yet. 
that's why I truly still I'm going back and forth right now, you know, like, okay, what are we gaining down here? I'm gaining a pub deal? Awesome. What are we what am I doing? Like a pub deals for me, I got my next three goals. Thousand YouTube subscribers, hundred K streams that at, by the end of this year. Mm. And it's doable. It's very it, that's doable. I, I need to the things that we're gonna talk about or like that we're gonna do. If we get them in place, I think it's very doable. Um, I think so. Yeah, the YouTube for sure. It's measurable. Yeah. And then uh, pub deal. You know, because pub deals, realistically, to me, the right one pays the bills. Hmm. Like, straight up, it'll, it'll pay the bills and then extra. Um, that paying the bills part helps me focus on actually putting shit together for the band and us. Like, because, okay... Now that we don't have an RV or a bus, yeah, I, hold on, sorry. I'm getting, I'm getting out of, I'm going on a tangent. But I guess what I'm trying to say is eventually if you still, no matter that this is still a big city, you still have people that don't understand and will never understand that there's enough love to go around and that working together is actually going to be more beneficial than working against each other. Yes, ma'am. Oh, sorry. I didn't know you were doing. Um, do you know where that have an adoption from? It should be in the the I shower. Think I am. That's also, weird. We're going to run to the store really quick. Okay. And then we'll be back and we're going to bathe the the puppy. Oh, you guys have a crazy night ahead of you. What? So you have a crazy night ahead of you. I, I thought you want to I thought you got uh the oatmeal shampoo. I did. Is that what you, Oh, yeah, wait, you don't know where the oatmeal Yeah. It's when it's something fell over, it must have under the seat. In my car. Yeah, okay. that's what I'm saying. I heard a bottle, but I thought it was already in there. Okay. I guess not. I'll just check there. Thank you. All right, I love you. Love you too. Put him here. Okay. You should I put him at Sydney? Do you want me to speak Spanish to him? On delay. I'll put him at Sydney. Yo, cómo estás, por favor? How are you, please? <laughs> Yo, como quiero, tengo, hablo, hablo, hablo. I don't know if that works. I want, I want, I want, I have to talk. <laughs> Spanish is fun. Yeah. Anyway, competitions is so, we're so new that we don't see it because we don't know enough people yet. Mm. I really think that's how it is. Like. I don't know. You know there's always going to be competition in the back of mind. You're, you know you're going to be fighting for something, for some kind of spot. At a certain point, as you go up this echelon, you know there's only so many seats at the table. We're down here. You know you're in the gra- you're in the fucking like general admission. Come on. Everybody's fucking fun here. Then you're up here. You're like in the seated area, and you're like, all right, not too bad. Then you're here up in the VIP, and you're like, all right. VIP's cool. I want to get to like the hosting the event, you know, like the two or three people. But so there's a lot of competition up there. And I go back and forth on thinking like, all right, what, what is it? What's better being down here and doing these, trying to get the shows that we want, right? Or going full commitment up there. 
getting the shows that we can get and then actually putting on like a cover show before our real show. I think I told you guys about that. I'm not really sure, but no, that's I know to me. I, I think I told Ollie about this. About doing like a 60 75 minute set of like covers, but we're the cover band and like we switch around. Like it's more playful. Like you know, maybe you sing one or I sing one or something. Like it's more playful. We can dress up do whatever the fuck like doesn't matter then we go and then it's our show and we jam but it's just a like what's what's going to be the better route because down here again you're always hoping that somebody you're always hoping that somebody spends the time and energy on you that's why you move down here because if you because wherever you're at, you couldn't spend the time and energy on yourself. For, and, and maybe it's maybe maybe it couldn't be that way. Maybe you're a guitarist and you're like, no matter how many guitar, no matter how much I play, can't make as much as I could down here. And that's fair. Yeah. Or maybe I, you want to play big stages, like huge stages and arenas, and you're like, no matter what I did up there, I just didn't see it, and that's fine. But the name of the game in this whole world is time and energy. And it's how do you spend it and who do you spend it on? And every time that we were up there and we, I would always say that we're betting, I'm betting on myself. I'm betting on myself that my time and energy spent up there is going to be worth it than the time and energy I'm looking for down here to, for someone else to spend their time and energy on me. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, I go back and forth in my head because I'm like, fuck, I just don't know. And I don't know if I ever will. I don't know if the answer will come to me, but it's, there's no right way to life. Is it possible to do both? It is. It is possible to do both. To me, it's time and energy. If you have a good team, you can do both. You can do both with a good team. And that's what I, I want to develop so that when I succeed, the team succeeds. What are we? I think I got a little lost a minute ago. Tell me. I thought you were talking about like trying to battle between like what, what you had, the momentum you had in Pennsylvania versus the, the new way that we got to go about things here in Nashville, right? Yeah. Can we not work on both simultaneously? Like, keep going. Like, can't we keep um, progressing like like we have been, like we were in Pennsylvania, just without being there every week while still working down here at the same time? I haven't really put much thought into this. It's possible, but you have to define, you have to define everything. Well, now sure. I would say everything rationally. Okay. So like, yeah, we could build what we had up there. We can build what we had up there 
But is it? Hmm. What I guess the real thing is, what do we want? Because we could still do that. I think talking about it now, I think it would still be cool if we. If I was like, hey, Chris, I want to do this. I want to just be like, can we do this? We'll come up every month on a Friday or on something. Excuse me. So that we can develop a country night. Tony, what is this? Quincy called me three times in a row. Do you want to see what he needs? No, I got it. I know what he wants to talk about. But I, I call oh, no. this dude. I call this dude all the time. And he'll just never answer. And then he'll, he'll text, text me. You. But he'll yeah. text me right away and says, what's up? Yeah. What do you want? If you answer the phone. I can tell you. Yeah. And I, I'm very aware there's a clear split in this world between people who yeah. never want to be on the phone and people who prefer to be on the phone. It's a clear split. And to everybody who does not want to be on the phone, I do not understand in the slightest bit. And I, I, I know it's a growing number. Oh, if it's not an emergency, don't call me. If some, if you're not on fire, don't call me, or something like that. I, I get it, but there's just too there's too much misunderstanding in this country, in this world. There's too much ambiguity in our language. There's too much that you cannot express through half chopped up English via text. When people aren't people can't even communicate in person. I swear to God. People are incapable of expressing their point articulately, clearly, what they're thinking and feeling, getting it across, and listening to other people. I do not understand it. Email sucks. Texting sucks. doesn't matter. Emojis, It's everything is a joke. English language is deteriorating. Please, just answer your phone. Two minutes. Two minutes, hop off. And, and I think the world would be a better place. I swear to God. And I, I'm angry. <laughs> I get it. I, I agree with you, dude. It is funny. So, and tangent, that was, that's no, crazy. I mean, that's, that makes sense. I don't get, just answer the phone. Let's connect again. Can people just connect? Yeah. For the love of God. Um, well, it's, I don't know, man. It's, connection's weird. It's, it's, uh, the, it's defined the same, but the methods are a little different now, right? Right. <laughs> Every, Every fight, disagreement, misunderstanding, it's all just a lack of communication. Yep. People aren't listening to each other. Uh, people are waiting for their turn to talk. Um, and, it's uh, not also listening. It's also uh, both sides. Not just listening, but communicating how, like your side of it, too. Mm-hmm. People yeah. have a difficult time doing that. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah. But there's so many text messages that could be taken. Way too many different ways, uh, many of which is the start of uh, a lot of fights, disagreements, and ending relationships instead of forming them. And it's that's why um, Bonnie, for example, today had the two and a half hour meeting with her. Did we need to meet for coffee? No, we didn't. But there's some things that just need to be done in person. Relationships can more easily be formed in person. Oh yeah, dude. Um, you know, when I had my real estate license, I had coffee with I don't know how many lenders. Did I even use, I literally didn't even use any of them. But there were names that I could give to people that I now trusted because I could see them in person. Yeah. Never would have given out a name for someone that just gave me a DM on LinkedIn. Never. I would have never done that. Yeah. I respect the game. You got to do what you got to do. You got to get your name out there. But there's a reason why there's... Um, 
Turns out a lot of people here also get coffee. It's just how it goes. So I had coffee with Bonnie, and she even brought uh, brought that up as soon as we sat down. She said, thank you for, for having coffee, um, for wanting to have coffee with me. And I said, oh, yeah, some things you just ha- you have to do in person. And then she gave me several stories of emails that ended horribly because of misunderstandings and just glitches in communication. Um, one of which was a was an error in a use of an idiom from the Northeast that trans, translates differently down South. I didn't know this. So if I was to say to you, and you probably understand because we're from the same area, if I say, um, if, I, if I give you a little information, give you a little bit of an education some, uh, on something or something to mull over, and I say, you know, just food for thought. Makes sense, right? What I heard is that more in Southern cultures, if you say food for thought, that idiom is more used as like in context of scolding. So someone would like food for thought. I'm going to do this. Or like, I bet you didn't know that something like but, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Bonnie described um, a scenario where a mom would be scolding a child and send them to bed without food and trying to teach them a lesson as they send them to bed. And like, this is your food for thought. Weird. Don't quite understand. Did you look that up? I did not fact check it. I came straight over here from the from oh, our, my meeting. I just feel like <laughs> she sent it because that's not an idiom anymore. That's a, that's really a that's a literal. That's a, that's like you know what I mean, like an idiom. <laughs> uh, it, it idiom just, means is like quite non-literal. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think. <laughs> I don't know. All I, I know is to, that pe- people were that people were upset by it. That's all I know. Huh. Well, I get that. And yeah. I hope that's not TMI for Bonnie. I don't think it is. But dude, um, I it's communication is huge, man. It's everything. It is everything. As creatures that are like purely based off of the relationships we have, you know, sheeple, whatever you want to call us. Like, have I told you this one? Um, just to just as an example to demonstrate how important people are to other people and how relationship based we really are as creatures. Some some creatures on this planet are not very social. Some like us are extremely social, just like sheep, just like ants. Kind of need each other. Um, so when when someone in this country breaks the law, what do you do? They go to jail. So. In jail, you have uh, a whole building filled with people who also broke the law. So, as if that's not bad enough, what happens when you misbehave in jail or in prison, whatever you want to call it? Get sent somewhere to isolation. Isolation. So, you're telling me that taking you away from all the other lawbreakers and murderers and putting you alone away from them is actually a worse punishment than being with them. That's the worst they could do. Put you alone in a room from all the other horrible people. Like, right. does, that just blew my, that blew my mind when someone, like, yeah, put, yeah, put it to it me out. that way. That it's actually a punishment removing you from other bad people while already in prison. Yeah. So, like, we're just, we, we need each other. And for how, how important our relationships are to one another, you would think that we would take the communication with each other a little more seriously. Instead of devalue it 
Where do you think that comes from, man? What? Does it? Where do you think that that truly comes from? What exactly? I'm sorry. The communication, the lack. It's almost mm. like a purposeful. Some of it is self. Like some of it is not wanting to talk to yourself because you're afraid of the things you've done or afraid of the people you are or you just don't want to have an honest conversation with yourself. So that makes you... I'm going to just go off on a tangent and try and wind my way back. But some some of those people drown themselves in drugs or alcohol so they never have to have a true conversation about reality. It can all just be surface level. Mm. And then... Reality is too heavy for you. Reality is too heavy for you because it's a scary thing. And, you know, I, I wonder... I just wonder why... And it's been like that all the time. People have not communicated all throughout history, you know? But I, I wonder why that is. Like, I wonder why in, in this career, or just, I guess, in general. This day and age. Like, if you're part of a group, okay, several times. We, I can use our band ex, as example. Mm-hmm. Where communication fell short. Whether it's me... Like, whether it's me not giving enough details, you know, of a, of a, whether it's me not giving enough details of an event, which then I learned from, from, from the guys, from you guys communicating like, Hey, we need to know this and this and this. And I'm like, Oh fuck. I will consider that. Like, as soon as I get the chance, I'll consider that for the, I can make the correction to make you guys happier to communicate everything. But some people hold that in don't say a thing and then they wonder why nothing changed uh okay so there could never be any any improvement if if you're lo- you're looking for an improvement and expecting it without saying yes without speaking up yeah um that's why and i'm kicking myself for never finishing the book it's a book called crucial conversations that everybody should read yeah and um it kind of sets kind of the same premise in the book that, that I, I described my frustration with the people that text over, over call on the phone, that all different types of problems that can arise through a lack of transparent, open and honest, upfront communication. And still, even while trying to be an effective communicator, a lot of people end up um, communicating kind of passive-aggressively, which can still lead to problems. And the the whole book kind of hammers that home and um, gives example after example of people being um, less than transparent, more passive-aggressive, problems that arise. And then other examples of how being upfront and honest was the solution to everybody's problem. So similar to How to Win Friends and Influence People with, by Dale Carnegie, it's example after example supporting... Um, you know, the idea of that chapter. The book is kind of set up the same way. Uh, a lot of those types of books. All those That's older the, books written oh. <laughs> in the 1920s have like 16 <laughs> anecdotes of milkmen and paper salesmen. And you're, like, as you're listening or read them, <laughs> reading them, I skipped through that shit. I'm like this, I get it. They're okay? still applicable. They are. The situations are, are applicable. You can understand it. But I think it's like... Milkman. It, That's what it is, man. It's like... You're so a lot of these books too are like efficient on time. Like these guys are just great. It's like they fucking weren't. They couldn't. They didn't tell the story strong enough the first time of explaining this. They're like, 
uh, I need three more. And you're like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, man. Just shut up. Tell your anecdote. Tell somebody else's. And then get on with the information. That book could be half the size. Well, <laughs> it could be. And there's a couple things there. Because I've, I've read a couple books since then. Like, um, how about uh, Deep Work? I forget who does that one. But it's basically, it, it's a long book about um, being in the right state of mind to be a, a, a really efficient worker creatively. What, what, what different people need to be... To, to do the most efficient type of work, you know, um, I'll get lost if I'm not careful, but, um, that book could be much shorter, I feel. So is it longer because it's really doing its best job at getting the point across or is it thicker because the publisher wanted it to be thicker? They need a certain amount of pages or, you know, it, that, that makes me that makes like I think that sometimes because maybe most back of, then most of the yeah. meat in some of these books some of these aren't aren't that old, but some of these books most of the meat is either up front or there's some nuggets along the way and a lot sure it doesn't really need to be said. Uh, How to win friends and influence people, for example. If you you could just read the names of each chapter and get a lot of it and, and understand and be like oh yeah okay. But when you really read each story one after another and revisit it once in a while, like I read the book twice, uh, and I should probably read it again soon. But it's it's just it's it's constant reinforcing different examples that it, maybe you didn't relate to the first two, and then you get to the third and you're like, ah, you see this one applies to me a little more. I see that. I see how this worked here. I get it. But I I, I get yeah. what you're saying. No, no, no. Third I... example about the candlestick maker. It's like. <laughs> John used to work as a washing machine salesman. And door to it was, door. And it wasn't until he started calling people ma'am and sir <laughs> that he really started to connect. Because before, he would call them fuckface and dildo. <laughs> and it didn't connect with people. We should write our own book. <laughs> so stupid. Like I Again, I do get it. Because back then, people's knowledge of the world or shit, even like... Um, freedom of expression or, or really trying to understand their emotions. It wasn't back then. It wasn't, that's not what they needed to do because this is really, uh, and I feel this is really uh, another age of enlightenment, you know, discovery and understanding, which is what happened in like the 1700s. Do you remember that? Anyone history? Do I remember the 1700s? <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> you were there, Tony, <laughs> Philadelphia, you and I, so Ben Franklin sucks <laughs> with horse manure on the side of, of the Independence Hall. Is that what happened? In the That's 17th, what happened. Seventeen hundreds. Oh my! I'm a little I'm a little murky on my seventeen hundreds history. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden history is just the past, man. You know that that was you and I. I feel like learning history as a kid was. I I just feel like history class growing up year after year, or month after month, was just a giant hodgepodge of different parts of history with a very bad job at connecting the timeline. <laughs> I, I get, like, that's oh, probably true. Yeah. Oh, this, this month in history in sixth grade, we're going to learn about, uh, you know, the, the fake Thanksgiving that we celebrate today. Oh, this year we're learning about um, Homo sapiens. This year we're learning about dinosaurs. This year we're talking about the uh, Europe and England. And it's just all random in my in my memory of, of school and then I had to go and read a book like 
Sapiens or the history of us or history of us all and right, try right. to like repiece it together. Because yeah. no, I feel like constantly through history class we should be looking at a timeline and where it falls on it. I don't know. I just feel like we did a really bad job, or they did a bad job doing that for us as kids. Well, my th- dates were all over the place in my head. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I think what you had was an antiquated system. I was it also not fit- a smart kid. No, dude. No, no. I wouldn't say that at all. Because, you know, Lauren's niece, Mac, um, okay, she doesn't do well on the reading stuff. And it's not that she can't read. It's just that she's bored with the books. Well, that was yeah, that, you know, you're describing but, me too. And there's so many people who love the books and love to read them and love, and like people like me or Lauren or Mac or tons of other people, they scored low because they're just like, this is not interesting to me. Yeah. And it's and not that you, in this is what the situation was, okay? When you really think about it, you've got what was school? Well, over here it turned into schoolhouses, like one room, fucking one teacher. Who could maybe read at what now is a fourth grade level, (laughs) trying to teach you shit that they weren't really even sure of themselves? They're just like, "What is today? Thursday? Okay, how many kids do I have? Sixteen. We're gonna learn fucking how to spell two again, and that's probably where all these different variations of two came from because they couldn't pick one. (laughs) They're like, "You told me two is T O O. (laughs) No, that's not. No, it has a W because it's double." U T double O. That's the number two because it's double. You guys get this, okay? So stupid, man. And, but I, so you take that, you add a few more teachers, and then you're like, oh, we could really divvy this up by ages. Great, let's do it. Do it by ages. They're still doing it the same way for over a century and a half. Yeah. Right? Actually, it's 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 going on about two centuries, really. Um. And all you did is increase the technology. It, nobody, I, and I know there are people that do this, but it's like we're still learning the same way that we did in the 1800s. You know, I never really thought about the history of, of education. There so, has to be. Yeah. Well, what was before that? You're not telling me the first schools were only 200 years ago? There had to be older schools than that. So before then, you had mentors. You had apprenticeships. Oh, well, that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah. The, go back to the candlestick makers and the blacksmiths. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. Like and the, the name Smith, blacksmiths. The only, the only, like, the real Google sh- some shit right yeah, The only real shit you learned was <laughs> what your job, like, well, yeah, taught well, you. Yeah, what you had access to, and usually that's what's in your family. Yeah, So, like, yeah, one yeah. family would just, like, be, like... All the blacksmith dudes, and I have no timeline on this. I have no idea when. Just make a guess. We're all just who cares. I know. Thirteen thirty-five. No, <laughs> I have no idea what's happening at thirteen thirty-five. My timeline is so screwed up. The pyramids were built thirteen thirty-five. It's not true. Don't <laughs> <laughs> feed me bullshit. They were built a long, long time ago. Yeah, let's not even talk about the pyramids right now. I can talk about them. Anyway, history of education. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think everybody agrees today is like the way that we're taught today is not the right way, and we're just stuck here now, and to change things more than, well, it, oh man, to to try to recreate our current public education system that would most definitely be a nightmare. It's already a nightmare. If we want to change the curriculum, it's a nightmare. Well, there's an issue with everything, right? Because 
anybody that wants to change, what's the argument? Oh, it's going to cost too much. It's going to be too chaotic. It's like, yeah, maybe for a year, maybe for, maybe for a generation, it'll be crazy. Like it'll be tough, but you're going to get through it. And on the other side, you're going to have smarter people. Cause what, you know, Joe Rogan says, he says it very well. He's like, what's, what, what makes a good country? The less amount of losers you have. And if we keep going the same way, you know, it, you compare two things. And I'm not saying that these two, two things are connect, connected, but uh, Americans are eating less calories and gaining the same weight. Right now? Right now. They're eating less calories than they were like a generation ago, but gaining the same weight. That's interesting to me. Yeah. Okay, now let's take this. Americans are learning the same shit that they did a, f- a few decades ago, but also getting worse scores across the board. Why is that? It's because the same shit doesn't work anymore. Now, it's vice. It's differently because the, the food companies are putting more shit in it. And we're just garbling up more shit and less less raw and organic. I, w- I don't want to use the organic word, but less raw and natural foods because we have access to pr- more processed foods. Yeah. So the processed shit takes longer for our body to break down, if ever. All right. Where in the education, it's like, it's like if you keep teaching the same shit while on the outside of school, I have YouTube, I have Google, I can have anything I want. All you're really gonna do is make the poorer kids, the pe- the kids that are poor and can't afford some of the shit, you know, you're gonna make them fall behind even more. There's gonna be the losers, and then the the kids that are gonna be rich. Fuck, man, there's so many other kids who are getting taken out of school and doing homeschool because that public school just doesn't work with them. Mm-hmm. Not that it's a it's a it's a majority out there, but it is it is a portion of shit. Well, what do you really want out of somebody who gets through the like? Just say out of the standard public education system, like what what does the theory is that the public education system was a great way to teach kids how to be in an industry, how to sit, how to focus, you know, but not necessarily, not necessarily program creativity, like just program, thinking. program sure, how to do. That. So like, but that's a theory. I don't know if that really is like what is best for the country. I mean, what ultimate, I feel like there's too many people that come out of high school. They have no idea what they want to do. No idea how to take care of themselves. And they end up, not taking care of themselves, getting very sick, hurt, people that might take advantage of the of you know certain types of handouts or and just refuse to try to get themselves to get on top of their shit instead of like being stuck under their shit. That sounds like a country full of losers that buries an entire nation, not yep. one that makes it rise up. No. <clears throat> Sorry. What do you keep burping up? What are know, you drinking? Dude. Ice, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, here's here's the, here's my thought process on that. Right, is that we don't we aren't we're fighting this what I want to call the second age of enlightenment, the second age of knowledge, the second age of of creative growth. All right, why are we fighting it? It's because we have these old ways. It's just like the old. The old church and the old kingdom. Like we have all these old ways that people want to hold on to because they worked for so long. Or they had the 
surface level image of they worked enough to create a stable society across the board, which is very hard to do. You took a whole fucking nation, didn't have a king or a monarchy. You had a republic. Like Rome, Rome was really good, okay, at doing this. Uh, in a way, they they divvied up their, they divvied up their, they divvied up their power in a unique way, kind of like what we do here. Um, but you know how like you have federal rights, and then you have states' rights. Mm-hmm. Like it was really more like, hey, all you states. Which which it was back, you know, a couple hundred, like a year, a uh, hundred, and like fifty years ago, it was like all you states, dude. We're the U.S. We're still trying to figure what the fuck out the U.S. is. Hmm. Like, just do your thing. Just do your thing. If you need help, call us. If you need, if you're attacked, please call <laughs> us. We're gonna send troops. All right, we're all here to say fuck you, other people. All right, and instead, now we're like, oh, dude, we've been a nation for at least fifty years, like a combined nation. And we're kind of like fucking bored. So why don't we just like make it, make it the United States like, and this is the way. Like, so now we're creeping into more federal laws mm. to where we have this like old kingdom. We don't have any freedom to like be creative and change shit. And that becomes where the problem is because when people start getting smarter outside of your rule, if you're a ruler, you're a monarchy, and people start having ways that don't rely on you. Now you have trouble. Now what? what's your way to do? If you're a monarch and you're a dictator, which you can argue the federal government is... Federal government is all ran by Democrats. Like, if you... Democrats have the the House, they have the Senate, and they have the, the White House. Okay? They're changing. They're changing the way things are. Now, if you are in that position... And you're, you see a group of people, a, a whole nation saying, I want to change my ways. I want to change how things are done. What do you, as you have two options as a government, you say you fight back harder or you accept it and you're like, okay, we're going to have to change some things. And they're fighting back harder right now. Hmm. That's a really big issue is that they're fighting harder to preserve uh, the old way. And it's gonna suck. It's gonna suck for a while until somebody has the balls to be like, like Texas is probably like the best one to do it. Uh, they have articles of of articles of I forget what it's called, but it's basically separating, succeeding from the union, parting, being part of the U.S., but being kind of like almost Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is part of the U.S., but they didn't um, incorporate at the state. So what does that? What would that separation do? The separation really goes, look, there's an agreement here that we're going to be mutually beneficial to each other, but I, my own state, pretty much my own country, we're going to use your currency, and we're also going to help each other out with armed forces. That's kind of like basically what what it is, armed forces and currency. And like so Puerto Rico is protected by us, okay, and we can get – basically own them and the people kind of were like we don't want what like fine you took us over but we don't want to be like the u.s where it so would te- would texas then in turn pay less taxes to like on a federal level and get less technically like 
federal type programs supported to them. That is the argument that you could be like, okay, well, Texas would lose a lot of, a lot of federal money. Right. However, fucking cares. Because if they can, if you can just keep more of it in house, then you don't want even want it anyway. That's why. Yes, you're exactly right. Okay, well, that would make more sense. I got a pretty tenuous grasp on the whole governmental system anyway. I I only really understand small government. When you understand small government or big government, you'll understand uh, just almost everybody in a position of power. Mm. You'll you'll understand 90% of how the position of power works. I mean, it's your local government that... Your local taxes that are paying for like your police department, your fire department, and emergency services anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is good. Right. All those things are great. Like, <laughs> yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah. Like people, I and you know, taxes do have a benefit, right? But here's the thing: is that we stopped really looking into and having power over government. The people should be governing the government. Mm-hmm. When right now it's the government governing the people. And that's the scary part. When you have small government officials, small local government officials that feel like they cannot be touched. That is the issue. And it's also the way of the world that it goes, right? People, just think of the U.S. history. Like, there is a confrontation for so long. We relied on each other. The necessity of developing a government really came under the the need to feel safe to have borders to have a safety net and understanding you know and then you get comfortable because you kind of like you're you're now the big dog you're the big dog now and now it's like you're comfortable all these places all these people are now comfortable with their lives doing different things that they forget that they have to be weary of their government so now all these go- stupid government rules, these little things that don't really make sense, mm-hmm. but they come from somewhere, come from somewhere. Like right. HOAs, who the fuck, how many good, how many times have someone been like, I love my HOA. <laughs> it's a needed thing. These HOA things are like fucking, they need to be here. I think H- HOAs are necessary sometimes. I really think it should be like up to a, up to a voter or something if an HOA is necessary. Like, if everybody agrees that the HOAs <clears throat> in their community and their development is, like, being over the top, they should just, well, disband. Destroy it. You know what's funny? They do. That's how HOAs a lot of time are. You know when the boats are? Hmm. During the day, on, like, a Tuesday or Wednesday. When people are busy? <laughs> Fuck it up, man. <laughs> Yeah, and if you take a development that doesn't have one and there's a lot of problems, like, for example, in, in the development I live in, the code officials aren't, you know, there's there's no activity. They're, I think the development, quite frankly, is a little sloppy. And uh, I know that we keep a nice property. So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, you know, back in Pennsylvania, I did that job for many municipalities where I... You know, I was representing the municipality, making sure that everyone kept their shit clean. That was my job as a code official, local code enforcement. Um, these little things that the people enacted, they would show up to the township meetings and say, we, we can't deal with this. So they instead, they, I guess, 
if you can't create whatever HOAs or have them enforce it for you or wherever they exist, and um, you could just have your local municipality enact all these local things and have somebody enforce it. It's just this, at the end of the day, it is the people's decision, but I guess in my, in my development, nobody wants anything to be done. Everyone's cool with their, their yards being overgrown. Everyone's cool with junk cars just rotting and rusting in their, in their, in their yards. Houses falling apart. Fences looking destroyed. And it, it looks like crap. I'm trying to go for a jog. I'm like dipping around low hanging tree branches. There's that I've enforced like uh, clearances on sidewalks. I've enforced clear side triangles at intersections. I've enforced clear, um, you know, if you're, if your yard is overgrown, if you have trash piling up on your property in your backyard, I've, I've enforced all these things. Um, and that's, that's like the only understanding I have of government period, that small government, you know, the gut, the, the people could come into a, to a township meeting raise concerns and they could enact something and then they could vote on it. Yeah. Or I've seen it the other way. Uh, like in West Reading, people were being too strict. The code officials were way too strict. You had one small patch of grass that was overgrown that you missed and you would start getting notices of violation. And all the property owners went into the municipality and said, this is a little over the top. You got to you stop this. And they actually got stuff uh, you know, what's the opposite of enacted? Redacted? I don't know. They, they got rid of it. They're like, okay, we're going to loosen up now. It really was of the people. Half the problem is <clears throat> the municipalities don't want people going to those meetings. End of story. If, pe if everybody and their mother is showing up to every township meeting, voicing their concerns, it's a pain. <clears throat> meetings last too long. Dumb people come with dumb questions that don't understand government. And no one's, like, taking the time to educate people to let you know, like, that you even have these resources. Like, yeah. I don't remember learning this in school about local codes. I would show up to people's doors to try to be polite. Just like, hey, just so you know, there are local codes that say, like, you got to cut your grass. You know, you can't have your waist-high weeds. Um, and people had no idea what I, who I was. They had no idea what municipality they lived in. They had no idea where the township building was or the borough office. Um, that just people aren't educated about their local codes. So I can't even imagine, and nobody knows how higher government works. Yeah. There's messy, messy politics at a local level, man. It's, it's crazy, dude. And here's the thing. There's no, I know I'm giving, basically I'm complaining about a lot and not really giving any solution. It's because, Man, <clears throat> don't know if there is. I know, it's crazy. This is the best we got. <laughs> it's really tough. Well, I'm still grateful for what we have. I mean, think about our problems right now. They're still pretty good problems. You know, we, I, I used to say constantly um, to my friends in Pennsylvania, my non-musician friends, I would complain about the bands I was in. Oh, I get it, Tony. Right? So I would complain. I, I get it. Wait, what? No, not... Complaining about... Uh, okay. Not our bands. <laughs> He's like, no, not everyone but our bands. Okay, everyone but I, that one. Yeah, I would give them an earful about my my younger bands. Yeah, um, when I was when I was like in my early twenties, I would I would never shut up about how many problems I was having in Reading. And at the end of the day, my friends would kind of check me, and they'd be like, "Yeah, but like at the end of the day, like, but your life's still going good, right?" 
you still got a roof over your head, right? Still got food on the table, right? I'm like, yeah. So these are good problems to have. Um, because still here I am sitting making a podcast with you, pursuing a career in music, and yeah, I'm grateful that I get to do this. Yeah. So if I couldn't eat, if I was on the street and I was blaming my government, yeah, okay, well then I would be, you better believe I would be taking more action. I think that's also part of the problem, that we do have it good, there are problems, but they're not big enough for me to do anything about it. And I'm not, you know, too proud to admit that. I'll sit here and talk about it with you on a podcast, but I'm not going to actually do anything. <clears throat> I mean, if this is something that can help, great. I don't know. So I think that's one of the problems with the revolution. You know, people always talk. They're like, you know, you got these big, I don't want to call them right wing guys. I just you got these big guys who want to protect freedom. And they're like, if the government comes, I'm not, I'm, I'm not afraid to shoot them. It's like, all right, buddy. It's like, I don't think you truly understand one way or the other. Like, you can say you're going to be tough and, like, I'll fight. The, I'll fight. If somebody tries to take my stuff, it's like, yes. But, like, also remember, what's what's the aftermath? We're just going to pick up. Like, I get it, and I don't like government overreach. I don't think anyone, anyone of us do. Like, like the uh, position California's taken where, okay... Instead of paying a gas tax, you're now going to pay how much you drive your car. So every mile, you get a tax. Wow. Kind of crazy, right? Instead of, instead of tax on gas? Yeah, so a lot of states, not a, yeah, a lot of states have a gas tax. Like PA has a gas tax. That's one of the reasons why you go down to Maryland. It's instantly cheaper. Oh. Yeah. Huh. So pay per mile you drive. How are they going to know? Find out a way. They're going to evaluate your odometer dude, reading every year? Who knows, dude? It's, it's just the pieces of like, look, if you guys spent money efficiently and, and how we should have, then I don't think anybody would have any problem paying taxes. Hang on, what's the difference then if you're paying if we're paying more per gallon of gas versus per mile we drive? Some economist has worked out has worked it out to where they know that okay, you're gonna pay less at the pump but pay more in taxes. This it's actually smarter this way. If you think about it, okay, look. <clears throat> Let Americans not spend that much at the tank. Awesome. But it, it hopefully influences the way, how many miles they drive. So they're going to drive as long as they do. And then guess what? I, I'm going down a, a rabbit hole here. I'm not saying this is how it's going to happen. Then guess what? That tax comes off of your income. Okay. So now instead of making, instead of being able to make, let's say you have a, a job that pays 100000 you get 30% on taxes. Let's just say that, okay? Now instead of paying thirty or getting 70000 a year, now you're getting sixty. So your spending power is actually less. What's that mean? Can't buy as many houses. 
what's that mean? If I'm the government and I want to control people and constrict what they can do, I'm limiting their spending power and how they can spend their time. Yeah, now, aren't you? But it's either paying it in taxes or paying it in literally the fuel to drive those miles that you're being taxed for. I don't understand that. And why is there a tax anyway on gas? I didn't, I, dude, I didn't even yeah. think there was one, to be honest with you. Yeah, there's no, truthfully, when you look into it, there's no reason other than for other bureaucrats to make money. Wait, who's paying the tax? We are at the pump. So so let's say Shell gets a barrel for $5 a gallon, or for $5 a barrel. That okay. barrel has, these are, you know, not numbers that. Not real I, figures. Yeah, not real figures. It's an example. They do $5 a gallon. Okay, well, that barrel that's a 10 gallon gallon barrel okay or 50 do whatever okay so now they're shipping it they got to pay to ship it they got to do whatever um you know you got to make up your prices somehow to uh to refine it and then ship it out realistically um and then each state it's a thing that they can tax doesn't mean doesn't mean it should be there, but it's a thing that they can tax to help. That that's this what they always say. It's like to help the government have more programs for the communities. I didn't. But I didn't think. I I don't know why. I didn't. Yeah. Re, I didn't realize I'm I'm paying taxes on gas at the pump in Pennsylvania. Yes, it's in the price. It's worked oh. in the price itself. No, That's I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Like fifty dollars of the pump is fifty dollars. You don't yeah. pay fifty and then plus tax. Yeah. yeah. No, the tax is the actual like it's what the companies uh how do I want to say this? I do not I c I can't I can't remember how it's enforced. But it's like the company's it's paying added for it. on. Is the company paying it though? No. No? I can't remember how it gets added on. Maybe it is. Maybe it's like the company, Pennsylvania, is like, all right, well, if you want to sell gas here, it's this much. It's 40 cents a gallon or something. So they're like, okay, well, then we'll just bump it up 40 cents a gallon at the pump. All right. But it's like, okay, why do you pay tax? Why do you pay taxes? Why do you pay taxes on food? Why do you pay taxes on clothes? Well, I guess it's got to come from somewhere. Right, but all those taxes, like, why do we have if we have an income tax why 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 is it limiting our spending power there's a sales tax so you know i mean i think you understand the flow of money let's say you get a dollar your business the whoever you got the dollar from let's say you get paid a dollar from me okay let's say i'm a legitimate like incorporation and i pay taxes on that dollar for you to have it mm-hmm. Okay, so now you have this dollar that I really took like me. I had to do, do, take like 10%. So let's say now you have 90 cents. Well, you had income tax. So now you have 70 cents or 75 cents. Okay. Then when you go to buy something with it, there's a 10% tax, maybe six, six or seven, whatever. Okay, so now like you can't spend that 75 cents. You really can only spend. 70 mm-hmm. because the other five has to go for taxes and it's like but didn't i give you enough taxes before <laughs> it's like this isn't the same dollar well i guess every I, and that's that's why you know there's 
taxes at every level for, for all different kinds of things that the government just declares that it needs. I think right. it'd be super important, and it would... This is the issue that I really think is happening, okay? And I have spent zero time legitimately uh, researching this, so this is all on top of my head, and it's probably yeah. bullshit. People are greedy. That didn't even research, but... <laughs> <laughs> people are greedy. And what happens is people are shysty and there's shysty people in government who want to take money from taxes. They want to pay themselves more and maybe they don't pay themselves, but maybe they pay their company that they also own on the side to do all the work that the government, the local government needs. Well, yeah, it, it, there's no telling how many, um, how many different reasons somebody could have to try to push yes. an increase in any kind of tax. It could be a favor for someone else exactly. it could be because they're getting a kickback somewhere under the table. You never know. So, um, so now you look at it, okay, why is there any tax other than it's, uh, I do understand there needs to be some tax, but why is there any tax that just didn't, doesn't get taken off? There should just, it should just all just get taken off at the end of the year. Why not? Like you, you're basically, when, if you buy, let's say you buy something from Target or a small, let's say small business. They had to pay taxes to get all this shit in, in the store. Mm -hmm. Then they have to, then, instead of letting you spend more money, they have taxes that basically are, go like that 1.6, like 6% sales tax, 6 cents automatically to the government. They don't get to keep that, mm -hmm. realistically. And then, they have the business taxes. It's like, fuck, man. Yeah, I mean, if I, if I am incorporated, and I sell you... You know, I made a cookie for a dollar. You pay taxes on the cookie. And now, you know, I take that dollar from for the corporation um, income tax on that dollar. Yeah. And then to pay myself a salary oh, yeah. as the manager, you got to tax it again. And then if I want to spend whatever's left uh, on yep. your cookie, yep. <laughs> and then you get, it keeps going. Yep. That's why uh, from now on, I'm... From now on, I'm not... So, in the actual tax guideline, um, and Jay, you know who's really fucking... Mm. He's... It, Jay, mm. Josh, mm. have you heard any of this from him? Not too much. It's crazy. I, now, try, I, try, I try not to... I'll be honest, I try not to have many conversations like this. Yeah. Because all it does is upset people, and then we're not actually doing any research, and then we're just getting, oh, let's just all... Get all riled up on the government and taxes. Oh, no. I mean, there's certain ways to fight it, right? And it's all in the fine print. So, you know, he looked he looked this up. And if you go to QuickBooks and, like, basically the only tax, the only tax that you, or the only income that you have to um, submit. Like report. Report. Are your W-2s or whatever you, whatever you voluntarily submit. Mm-hmm. What's reason? Once one of the reasons we do that is to show that we have income coming in, right? That's usually why. Uh, so that if you try and buy a house or you try to buy a car, they're like, okay, well, you make this much. Which is super weird that the government has to be involved with that either way. But. Well, like they want to know you pay taxes on the money you have? Yes. That's what, the, that's what those W-2s right. do. Because otherwise, it's like, why can't I just be a business and be like, 
here are my records. Tony made 200 grand this year. It's like, no, the government has to keep those records. It's like, why? I so guess otherwise then it's he, so that they have all this cash he didn't pay taxes on. Well, and they're owed that money. Yeah, and so if you go cash, cash only, you don't have to pay any taxes because you just don't. It's wages. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Look up wages, and I think it's wages versus income. Wage versus income. Wages versus income. Wage, I think the W is for wages. Okay. Well, where is this with cash coming from? With cash, you don't have to report it. Like if I pay cash for something, you're still, you're telling me it doesn't say actually anywhere that you're supposed to report those cash, but the cash dollars. You voluntarily do. That's not mandatory. You voluntarily say how much cash you made. Oh man, I have a hard time believing that. No. Uh, but that's obviously it's something I want to fact check. There's a lot of cash businesses. And the only reason that they, so there's two things why they stay are, they are still a business and why they do cash. So you're still a business. There's a lot of benefits to being a business. Like let's say a pizza shop and they're like, oh, we're only cash. It's like, okay, well you get. Because if they do card, then it, yeah, yeah. there's an expense to using a card for the business. Yes. And it's actually documented. Right. That too. Yes. That's it's the whole documentation, right? That's why when you're cash, you can screw the books up. However, you need to show that you're paying enough taxes on your property, enough rent, and if you have a if you have a goal of saving up for something, you can show the bank you have X amount, because the bank wants to know that you're bringing in something and, and that it's legit. Or, well, yeah, I mean, if you say you're running a business and it happens to be a cash business, and the business is actually doing well and you end up buying all these things but on paper you reported zero dollars and you paid zero taxes but you're still spending all these things doesn't that raise a couple red flags well, say that again if you're buying up if you have cash and basically you're Get, saying if, if you're getting all this stuff but it shows that you aren't making money right so let's right? yeah let's just say Garrett Schultz is a corporation and um, Garrett Schultz makes a million dollars in cash. In t let's just say you made a hundred, um, um, you made one million dollars cash tips on Broadway. Let's just say that. Yeah. Cash tips. Yeah. In a year. And, but it all of it goes unreported. But then you start buying up houses and cars and stuff. Cash. Okay. Now. This is where the money game gets crazy. The goal at that level, that's why it's tough talking about it being a business. If it's personal, like if you just registered your name as an LLC, it's a little easier to do this. But the goal is to be tax-free, right? No matter what, make how much you want, but be tax-free. And the way tax codes are written basically the more you invest in like properties basically it's properties that's why monopoly was created it's just it was a game to show like hey first you have to buy the property then you can build on it and yeah they got so blown. yeah they just see these fucking dogs are they crazy yeah because they both just got bath and it's like oh they've got zoomies 
vivid yeah. with me. And Harlow just decided to piss on the floor because he's like, fuck you guys. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, and then Gibson got on my bed. I hate it. Bed, my bed. On our bed. And stole Sydney's sock. Hey, guys. Okay, okay bye. It is funny. When they get done showers or baths, they're just like, ah! they just Why? sprint. They sprint around. I don't know. Maybe because like they're stuck there, and I don't know what's in it, what's in them to go like I gotta get it, I gotta get loose. But it's yeah. because it's after a bath. Because you hold them there. Some dogs like it. Some dogs don't mind it. They like appreciate it. And some dogs are like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it goes to cash, right? So if you're a person, um, so if you're a business and you got all this money. All right, and you know you're about to pay taxes in it. The only way that your business and you don't pay taxes on your money is if you spend your money. Well, sure, Garrett. If you get paid in cash and you keep it all in a box your whole life, no one's ever going to find out. <laughs> right? No, wait. No, what are you talking about? I'm talking about legitimate money. Like, let's say you. This is a card business, okay? You get paid in on invoices and shit. Then that business, then Garrett Schultz LLC, invest in another company, or invest in, in property. Oh, well, then, yeah, you're acquiring them as assets. Yes. It's not really... Yes. Yeah. And you can show your assets as depreciation, but there's still assets on the book. So the more assets you have, the more you have to borrow against. So it's now now it's no longer... Um, and you don't want that personally. You, you want that as a business. Right. So now the business owns the assets. Essentially, you own the assets, but you don't take any of the personal losses. Yeah, that's a big... That's like your, uh, you know, it's it's easy to explain it uh, if you're talking about a real estate portfolio. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So what you're coming in, you know, it can borrow against one house, put it against another. All your income, you can just keep putting it on the on the other houses, yep. growing your growing your value of your assets. Yep. And yeah, makes it easier tax wise. Now, but the shitty thing is still. Even if you had, let's say you were like, I want to buy these properties. Banks now, because of the electronic age, say you bought it all in cash. Or you're like, hey, I have private investors. This is where private investors actually come in really handy. They don't. You don't necessarily have to show them shit. You just have to show them that the numbers that you're going to get work. And so you're like, hey, not bank. Hey, Tony, can I borrow $200,000? Or can I buy? Can I borrow fifty? I have $150,000. I want to buy this property for two hundred. I just need the extra fifty grand, And then, you know, you make X back afterwards in X amount of years. Because this is how my... This is how my expenses are going to go for a house or whatever. Like, and then you get this back each month. Hmm. Me being the investor. Yeah. Right. And it's like, if you want to stay on, you know, th those are where those options are. And that's where, that's where you, you ultimately want to get, you want to have some sort of asset to borrow against because then no longer are you, you know, the, uh, was it rich dad, poor dad? He talks, he says it perfectly. It's like, I'm in debt and that's how I'm rich. Mm. He's constantly borrowing off his own shit. Technically. He only borrows, you only borrow once off your own shit, depending on the property size. You only borrow once off your own shit. And then the bank 
Is that wind? That is wind, dude. Is it howling? God damn. I didn't think it was that windy. Um, I think technically you borrow off your own shit just once. You, you So you get the bank and then you, you get the bank and if you put it as a rental and then, you know, you slowly move that out. Um, and now your asset. Yeah. I get, what did you say? You're borrowing off your own shit. Mm. Yes. And he puts it as using other people's money. Cause if you're using a bank, it's other people's money. It's not your money. Right. And if you're in a business, you can always default. You not, I don't say default, but you can always go bankrupt. Yeah. Declare bankruptcy. That yeah. sounds fun, <laughs> but you can, you can, but then the banks can take all your shit. Yeah. I mean, if you're declaring, if you're at that part, if you're at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're probably like, okay. And then, then you can move assets around to show, then you can be like, well, this, this other company that I own bought this. So it's not really their asset anymore. It's playing the game, playing the game. is not bad. Playing the game, understanding the game is not wrong. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, should the game be there? I don't know, but that's how you play it. That's how you play it. And if you can complain about it, like I said, I was complaining earlier. I'm like, this is how you get around all this shit. This is, a, this is, and it's not, it, this is not sneaky. They put it in the tax code for a reason. They put it in there for a reason. Mm-hmm. If, if it's not, if it was not in there or if it said, Hey, don't do this. Then it's obviously like you can get in trouble. This is how the game's played. Yeah, and you got people that don't understand it because it's not anyone's job to, to teach it. Right. But, you know, some mm-hmm. people that do understand it, that do uh, take advantage of the laws that we are entitled to, right? Then, sure. Then, I mean, like, they, those are the people that are reteaching it. Um, but, yeah, it, it does. it is obviously the benefit of the government to not explain it because if you're not taking advantage of it, then you're just paying more taxes. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's similar type shit at a, at a local level. Yeah. Like, um, a lot of property owners don't know the rights that they do have with their property. Um, or they don't know how to, how to fight. Um, like if, if property owners just like rose up in a certain municipality and, and wanted things to be easier, like where there happens to be an overbearing local municipality or code yeah. officials, they can just rise up and change it if yep. they do it the right way. Or there's, you know, there's always ordinances to read the fine print. There, uh, where there's a local code official, there's a there's somebody with their own opinion that it's their interpretation. Yeah, a lot of people are afraid to go to court and uh, just have that conversation with a with another code official in front of a DJ. But because a lot of people think they need a lawyer. Yeah, and you really don't. There's some very, um, very educated property owners that have been in court way too many times for bad reasons. Oh, right. And uh, once they learn how to how to read the codes the right way and how you know how to navigate a a local DJ, and you, like come into court and uh, you know the DJ might be, oh, Mr. Joe Schmo, you again. What do we have today? Yeah. And. Um, in a local code official, same thing, but maybe they just know the code a little better. And they're like, Your, Your Honor, it's actually not worded that way. Read it. Yeah. And like, well, you're right. Doesn't seem like it was up to interpretation. There's some murky gray areas in local code. There's some that it's really basic black and white. Yeah. But, I mean, 
you can do whatever you want as a, lo- as a code official until you end up in a courtroom and the DJs make the decision. Yep. That's why I tried to fight my noise complaint in college. You tried to, oh, fight it in college? Yeah, I tried to fight a noise complaint because I didn't, I didn't think we were being that loud. <laughs> and there was no proof that we were being... There's too, no decibel reader. Yeah, they didn't... Yeah. Try, but I didn't, you know, I didn't try to bring up these things in the, in the courtroom when I was 21 years old. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. All I knew is uh, we, we were given one warning, and I showed up, and I said, Your Honor, I, I don't think we were being loud. And all he's just giving his opinion... And she said, well, he said the TV was turned up all the way and he still couldn't hear it. I'm like, that still seems pretty subjective. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I didn't know that you could look up a local ordinance to look at a certain decibel level, even though anytime I've seen a decibel level, it's wicked low. It's somewhere around 65. Oh, really? For local? Like a noise like- complaint. I know. We're talking probably around 70 right now. Yeah, what? It's Six- bullshit. That's insane. It's bullshit. So if, you know... But still, if I had any sense or like, I could have better prepared an argument, right, even right. as a kid, if I would have known that I could look for this ordinance and see how it was spelled out. Yeah. You know, I don't even know if the cops should have been uh, responding to that. There's some some ordinances cops are supposed to respond to, some that a, a code official is supposed to respond to. And it's all about how the thing is worded. And I didn't read it. I didn't read it. Mm. It's hilarious. But now that I've read a bunch of stupid zoning ordinances and stuff like that, next next time, and hopefully there will never be another time where I'll yeah. have to be in a courtroom, because I ended up, you know, at the receiving end of it, I got a citation, and then for three years I spent my time sending citations to other people. But good luck. It all comes full circle. It me. does come full circle. And for the record, I got my fine lowered. Good. Fight the man. <laughs> I tried my best. Now, um, so the cool thing about this mixer and this setup, Tony. It's a really good setup. Is that um, it's all the out. I love out. Outputs make the money. Okay. Mm, Yeah. Now, that's why the QSC. I love the QSC. I could run a shit ton of things in here, man. Mm. I could. So basically, all I need is a few quarter inches. And I, we, oh, dude, we could have done a TikTok live over here. Could have did a TikTok live over here with that iRig. I got two iRigs. Oh, you're yeah. saying that we could still have all these these mics go into one board and just send all the outs to different things yep. to have the same audio on each platform, same quality, everything. Now, the OBS can multi-stream to Facebook, Instagram. Mm. Uh, well, not Instagram. can do Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Any with a built-in like platform platform. Oh wait, you're telling me that that camera, the OBS. So the OBS is the one that's recording everything. Okay, so you can send what's coming through the camera to different social media platforms. Yes, that I haven't seen. Oh yeah, dude. OBS is, is that's so you set up OBS and then you got to set up multi-stream. Okay. So think of it this way: you've got your camp, you've got OBS, which interprets and combines um, your video input and your audio input, can put it into a program where now not only is it able to record, but it's able to send, sending and commute and computing. Uh, no, what I want to say and communicating with the app or the website was kind of like the bigger thing. Mm. Um. Now, when you do a thing called, like, so 
if you go to Facebook and you're like, hey, I'm going to do a Facebook live event, okay? You can schedule that. It'll give you a, a text of like, okay, this is your Facebook live code. OBS your, or multi-stream, which is a platform, will give you, you know, Facebook, write your code. Twitch, write your code. YouTube, write your code. And probably more by now. And then it'll be like, cool. And it'll interpret the video from OBS and split it to all those different platforms. That's wild. It's awesome, Cause dude. Because I've, I've seen... Um I've seen several like uh, Instagram lives. People go live on their Instagram and say, "Hey, we're live on Instagram, and we're also on." And then he'll look at another phone. Yeah. Like we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, and you see him pointing around the room. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, okay. So if you want to do it, you just need to get a bunch of people's phones." But no, you're telling me with this, you can just use this one device, one camera. Yes. Now this is really only beneficial if you're trying to do, like, uh, you know, a professional quality sound sure yeah because you need certain things with within your mixer to do that open air mics can't really do mm-hmm. um or present i should i should say present you know open, they can't they can't go through this intimacy of my voice is going to be air in between it's going to be yeah, right. echo you get it um yeah so if you're trying to do if you don't mind you're just talking doing live like if you're a hot girl all right, and you're doing all these lives. You don't need this. Oh, especially if the cameras are like right in front of your face. Yeah. And not over there where we have the camera on the other side of Dude, the room. Can I tell you, man, how many fucking, like, you know, we'll scroll and we'll see like the, the TikTok lives and stuff. And you're like, it's just a girl. Just a girl. Maybe she's like dressed a little slutty or some promiscuous. Hmm. And. Here's why the this is one of the reasons the wage gap the wage gap just does not exist. Wage oh wage gap, <sighs> it doesn't. I think it's okay. a little more complicated than that, and I'm not even oh, gonna try dude. to like the fact that I'm so uneducated on the topic and I haven't done any due diligence. I'm not even gonna try to talk about it, dude. So I, I get it. You don't want to talk about it. You're like Garrett, hurry this fucking shit up. No, man. no, it's just because it's a dangerous topic because I know there's so many people that are that that have said that they can. You know, there's these facts like, oh, that there is a wage gap, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not going to try to say it one way or another when I know nothing about it. But I'll listen to you talk about it. There's two. There's kind of like two. In my mind, there's like two main ideas. All right. Are you saying there's a wage gap between all men and women? All right. Or are you saying in a certain disciplinary field, there's an eight, there's a wage gap? Certain disciplinary. F- oh, I see what you're saying. So, like, are you saying now if there's two doctors, mm-hmm. okay, let's say there's a wage gap. There's two doctors, one male, one female, and they both have the same credentials. Got it? And they're both doing the same job? Both doing the same job. Why the fuck, as a company, wouldn't I hire the cheaper female? Oh. If I'm a company and I know, oh, this guy's going to be more expensive. They both went to the same schools. They both have the same grades, same practice, same everything. I'm going to give you an answer that I I don't want to give right now. Just give it. This was in college. uh, One of my classes in behavioral. It was like a behavioral psychology in business. And uh, this is coming from the professor who had a life in corporate America. And um, he would based off of the information he was giving and the way he kind of teed this up, 
Now, we're already on this topic, so I can't really go about it the same way he did. But the beginning of the class, he started going over differences of men and women. And um, he said, men are very different from women. Women are different than men in just different ways. Not saying they're better or worse. There are just differences. What are some things that women have to deal with that men just don't? What are the, what's the female body capable of creating that men are not capable of creating? There's pros and cons to these things. If a woman gets pregnant, eventually she's not going to be able to work. She's going to have to... She, some, can, some can work right up until they give birth, but some need to take that time off. Um, some may say that uh, it affects the way you think, could change the way you see certain things, could change the way you do your job, question mark. Sometimes, sometimes not. It's not always so clear. With a man... Some would say that um, without these things in the way, without um, a possibility, like a guy can't get pregnant, a guy doesn't um, have certain hormones changing on a monthly basis, a man, um, I don't know, might just process things a different way, more predictably, a man tends to have a higher job satisfaction rate when he is married. there, there's a whole different thing there. But some would say they would rather hire the man over a woman and pay him more because he's going to get a more predictable um, amount of output from this man than the woman. Depending on the job, depending on who they are as people, this is a very overgeneralization, giant blanket, blanket statement, something I learned from a professor in college. This was This was like day two in this class. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a fun semester with this guy. Um, so does that give you any any thought of why you, like, would you still go for that cheaper doctor? No. So as I was saying that, I, I was going to go in those two directions. Oh, the okay. one of like, well, the life, you know, the girl goes through all this shit and the guy doesn't necessarily do that. You know, but also it's, there's a lot, like you said, it's very complicated. It's very complicated. It's very complicated. Not very straightforward at all. And honestly, I can't remember how we got on this. Oh, neither can I. <laughs> Why aren't we talking about your gear? How did you, how did you bring up the wage oh, gap? Oh, a freaking TikTok and these girls. Oh, no. <laughs> because I was like, the wage gap does not exist. Because look, you know, there's on both sides, like, let's just say women are getting screwed. Okay, in the literally, yeah. <laughs> Let's just say figuratively, they're getting <laughs> monetarily they're getting screwed a little bit because they're a woman in a certain field. Mm. Or oh, here's a great one: uh, female sports, women's sports. Oh, hey, they're great. They're great. But you know, all like there's there's a lot of sayings. There's a lot of shit that goes on. But it's like, all right, let's all agree. That the female sports are cool. Let's just say they're cool. Okay. Just between you and me. Let's just say they're cool. They're com- they complain that they don't get enough money, right? They don't get a bigger share of the pie. The female basketball teams uh-huh. complain that they, that like the average salary of a female basketball player is like 70 grand or something. And the average of a male is like, you know, a couple of mil. Right? Yeah. 
it's like okay well they don't have a good time stomaching the fact that they can't bring the fans right because at the end of the day it's entertainment right and who do they blame they blame the fans it's like no you stupid fuck that's not how it works. Well, whose fault is it that fans aren't going? That you're not entertaining. You are entertainment. <laughs> it's what it is, dude. Well, I th- yeah, I mean. You are not entertaining. At, at the end of the day, whether it's, you know, uh, whatever type of entertainment, sports is just entertainment. Yeah. I mean, it's, where's the money coming from? It's coming from viewers. It's coming from. Uh, sponsors. Sp- sponsors. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the sponsor is going to be based off of viewers. Exactly right. So same with advertisements. Um, same with yeah, all of that. That people need to spend money on these teams to watch watch the teams, whether it's a merch, whatever. Same with bands. Who's more entertaining? Who's going to pull in the fans? Um, so yeah, and if that's just the way it goes, that's the way it goes. And it's sure a tough pill to swallow. I understand that. I I, I would be. Can't say I wouldn't be upset too, but there's nothing really you can do, is there? If money isn't coming in, it's not going to go out. Okay, this is the, I'm, I'm going to come back to this, right? I haven't really thought of it. No, no, no. I'm going to come now. back to this. Okay, so as a male, I can't get on TikTok. And just be like naked and get twenty <laughs> get twenty five thousand yeah. viewers on a live. Who's who's making the vast majority of of money on OnlyFans right now? Is it men or women? I would I would argue, okay, that if you take the entertainment industry as a whole, women are making more. Because hmm. you have to include porn. If you're talking entertainment and you include include porn, I think I think the women take it away single handedly. Well, do we ha- don't we have to take into account how many, how many um, men and women are in the entertainment industry? Period. Uh, if I, there's if there's like I a, guess if would, there's a billion women and half a billion men. Well, I guess you do the average then, right? Right. And the average would come out more women. What other, what other, uh, na- name me some other. Types of entertainment besides athletes and besides musicians. Actors. I'd like to know. I don't know any details about what actors are paid. If you take the an average, I'm just going to say an average, okay? And we're going off population size, right? So let's say there's a there's a hundred thousand actors and males. There's going to be maybe like fifty thousand, okay? I don't know. There, obviously, the numbers are not to scale. I have no clue. But I would imagine that the vast if we're incorporating everything, the vast majority of where the real discrepancy is is going to become online porn and strippers. Because you have to include strippers now, Tony. <laughs> well, can't we just say something and we know you for have sure? To, you have to include the, the uh, drag show. So where Let's do they say, fall in line, Tony? Let, where do they fall in line? Can we just say what we know for sure? And that is obviously it's easier for people to get views on social media if you're a good-looking female. If you're not a good-looking female, it is no easier for you either. Or a good-looking male, too. You know, good look, I, yeah, sure. Good if I was dudes. fucking shredded, which I really should think about and just do the work. You're pretty shredded. Fucking, dude, I'm not. I got well, pudge everywhere. Well, anyway. you're big. Look at you. Yeah, but big and shredded are different. Like, if I was that way, I think I could make more. I think I could make a more of a wave than I am now. Hmm. I should really think about that. But it's just a sacrifice. 
you know. That's why I tell women all the time, like so many girls that, you know, you're like, they're like, I can't make money. It's like, sell your feet pics. And they're like, I don't want to. It's like, well, then you don't want to make money good, like hard enough. Oh, well, you can say that about anybody who's not making enough money. Like I, I would sell my feet pics. Like my my main thing is I I'm not so I'm not so focused on on how much money I'm making. I'm pretty much focused on how I'm making it. Like I want to perform, obviously. Right. I don't exactly. Want, I don't want to. I I was a realtor. Don't want to be a realtor. I was a code official. I don't want to be a code official. Both are lucrative. I don't want to do those. Yeah. So yeah, if I just uh, you know if if for some reason. Someone said, oh, there's all these women suddenly because of some phenomenon. Maybe some movie came out where the, everyone wants guy feet pics. And you tell me for certain, for sure, that I can sell feet pics and make a lot of money. There's a good chance I still might not do it. They're dumb. They're dumb. <laughs> Why would you not? It takes. Hold on. Just think about this. You like make you like making money from performing, right? Yep. Guess what? You can perform. More, you can perform more by having outside money. Can I? You get into a different echelon, man. The room is different when you have more money. When you have more money, people know you. Other people know you because you can only associate with another group of people that have that much money. So, like, if I just had a lot of money in the bank, you think I'd get more gigs? Do I? Do I have to tell you how many examples of that in the country music industry alone we know? Like so so let's let's say I hit I, I win a small lottery tomorrow and don't tell anybody about it. And now in my bank account I have fifty million dollars. <sighs> okay. All right, look, money talks, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, you you agree that money talks. Right? I, do, I do agree. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to explain, I'm trying to say this. I'm going to paraphrase here. But if you walk in to Big Loud mm. and say, hey, look, I've got how much was your 50 million 50 million I've got 10 million that I want to put on myself as an artist to tour to produce I want to pay you guys 5 million for having me on your label and then we also work out a contract like hey, you can even get let's say you have the benefit of the doubt and you're like hey this is me I'm not that bad okay I just got I just got a fucking thing I just got all this money. I want to pay you to have me. Okay? I want to pay you to represent me. Well, I didn't think that's what you were going to what you were going to get at. Well, okay, let's say That makes practical sense though, Gary, cuz you can just pay for your own representation for anything. That's all you're doing any other time, man. You're just paying more. You're just get There's a difference between having to work into it and having to pay for it. At some point Unless it's a lottery, you had to work for it. You either work for that money before, mm -hmm. or you're working to get it, so you don't. You have to spend less time and energy. Right. And we can't all just be cute girls on TikTok getting views for doing nothing. I fucking wish Lauren would sell her feet pics. 
I told her I would I would I would videograph her naked, you know, mouth down so nobody could tell. And I'm like, dude, I don't care. They don't know who you are. All right. But you know, girl, you know what? Speaking of the, going back to that age gap thing, uh, not age gap, <laughs> wage gap. That uh, yeah. Well, Let's talk about the age the gap. Age gap <laughs> the age gap on in TikTok and on Broadway. No, but on Broadway, yeah. Talk about um, talk about. A difference in who's getting tipped more or less you know if you got a girl fronting a band on broadway and she's wearing something skimpy she will obviously get more tips and i've seen it and i've seen guys run the bucket around the room and i have seen girls run the bucket around the room and who is reaching into their pockets quicker it's not even it's i mean it might be close but it's obviously the the females that are dressed best for those band shows i would say i don't think i think for the more acoustic bass shows, I think it's, it's either even or, or oh, it goes that's more interesting. males. I didn't, I didn't think about that. Yeah. I think, I think then it's like, all right, as sexy as you are, uh, what's it doing for me right now behind a guitar? Hmm. You know, you can't be on stage locking eyes, flirting because. Yeah, I forget the name of this chick that, uh, that I saw last night at Tin Roof. Oh, uh, you probably heard of her. I think I took, it's probably still in my recent searches. Yeah, the guys I were with were really excited to see her. Um, mm. Laura Walsh. You heard her? Uh, she was at Tin Roof with her band. It was a great band, honestly. What was the band? Laura Walsh. Laura Walsh. <laughs> what's she what, what's uh, let me see her profile. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't even know if there's any of her performing live. Oh, Delive? Oh. Have you seen her play? I think I've seen her twice now. I feel like I don't think I've seen her play, but I feel feel like I've seen her. You know what she does a great job at that not a lot of people do? When she's not singing. The in-between, like the dead space? No, no, no. Like, if somebody else is fronting the song. Oh, yeah. Like, just, like, she looks like she's totally, like, still, like, normal on yes. stage. A lot of people cannot pull that off. That I'm not singing this song, but I'm still on stage. You know, and yeah. they don't, don't know what to do. They don't get it. It's, I mean, that's another part of performing. Mm-hmm. The not performing, but you're still performing. Yeah, that's why. I've, that's why I told you guys like, I want you guys as a band behind me to like enjoy it, right? Enjoy it and get into it, because man, how fucking fun are those shows when the bands are just like, yeah. I I acknowledged as a kid that it was weird how, uh, and I didn't I didn't realize it at first, but I knew as a kid that um, I could be hearing incredible music from a bunch of old guys on stage, but older guys typically don't bounce around like younger guys. Yep. So the older guys, I'm like, well, this, um, you know, for some reason is not a great show. And then you can kind of have a really shitty sound, but a bunch of guys having fun on stage. And uh, like, I just remember being a kid and figuring this out. Like they're not moving and they are boring. Yep. Like there was that realization and it seems obvious, but I was like eight years old. You know yeah. what, you know, what's also funny when I was, when I was that age, I remember my parents um, like walking me through venues where there happened to be live music or at some kind of festival or something like that where there was also a, a venue like that, yeah. a big stage with giant subs. So my parents would walk me around, and I remember feeling what the sub, like what that heavy bass does to your body and how much it shook me. My stomach right here, I can remember it as a kid. And I hated it. It made me <laughs> sick. 
Really? It made me sick. And I'd be like, can we go? Like, this is, like, I don't know, it's just loud. It feels weird. Yeah. And it felt that weird, this weird shaking in my stomach. I didn't like it as a kid. And then as I started to get older, the bass just hits different, different body. And I'm like, whoa, now it's like, now you're really... I don't know. It just resonated in my body differently as I got older. Yeah, dude. And now it's now it's a good feeling. But I remember distinctly. I hated that feeling of the bass rumbling me as a kid. It's wild. Yeah, I like those frequencies. Like, like you said, you feel it. Mm. Man, there's something in our cells. It goes down to our core about different vibrations. So vibrations, man. Do you believe in the whole like vibration theory? The people call it the. Uh, Oh, what the fuck's the Oprah theory? The Oprah. Oprah? The the wish. It's not the wish. It's the... The secret? Secret. Yeah. Have you heard of it? Oh, yeah. I watched it as yeah. a kid. I didn't read the book. Do you believe it? Do you believe that, like, vibrations? We're all vibrations, basically, their, their theory. Yeah, I think the secret is kind of your nice starter pack to thinking that way. But there's, yeah. there's a lot more books that dive into, um, dive into it a lot more in different directions because there is kind of more than one thing at play there just by, you know, having the right mindset and focusing on certain things. Um, I mean, I think it's absolutely true what you think you attract and um, yeah, what man. you think of yourself it really shapes you. You ever read The Winner Effect? Holy cow. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. Just sitting a certain way can really change everything. It's really wild when you, when you look at these studies. But that's... A, like the winter effect, that's a little more biological. There's definitely a, like it's a psychological point of view, definitely biological, uh, evolutionary perspective on it. Um, I know the secret in general kind of focuses. It, it makes it seem a little otherworldly. Like it kind of makes it seem like I don't want to say like woo woo like magic. It, it's not. They even touch on that in it. I, I remember this, but um, not even. I'm just going to wait for the whole frequency, um, spiritual side of it, if you will. But, um, no, I mean, I don't, I don't know. There's a whole book called Frequencies, or Frequency, yeah. I think. I read, that was one of the first <laughs> books I voluntarily read in my life, um, which goes into a little more scientific detail about what you're thinking and how it works. Some things that seem like coincidences that maybe are not, um, Things like that. It tries to break it down on a more scientific level. Um, even going based off the example of like music in 440 versus 432. Oh, in the A. Uh, Isn't that the A? Like what they would call. Um, that's where the A starts out, right? But I know what you mean. I, I'm yeah. not sure. But like those types of things that are measurable. The secret doesn't really explain any of it on a scientific level. It just says make a vision board and your life is going to change to oversimplify that whole idea. But there are, there are things that are discussed there that are on the right track that are at, and at the beginning of those tracks. But yeah, there's, I know there's truth to it, but it's like positive thinking versus negative thinking. But it goes a lot more deep than just saying that. Like you have to, it, you, it can be explained. You just need to read more books. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I do, I do, there's this one general, and I wish I could, I could remember his name, but he's famous uh, in a way that you can't remember his name, but you can remember what he did. <laughs> he, he, it was during the Iraq war, I'm pretty sure, he, he was taking over one of these fobs, 
and um, they got you know you, it's just a forward base. So at, at some point, you know, things get routine. But he was talking to his, I think E six or somebody. It was either his colonel or his E six, which is just people lower than him, right? He's like, hey, that wall is made of atoms, right? And they vibrate at a certain frequency. I'm made of atoms. There's a point something something chance that if I run into that wall, I can run through it. <laughs> and he did. He would like try. He'd be like, watch me. And he would try it. Not joking. And he would run straight he into would run the wall. And he's like, okay, that wasn't that time. <laughs> I'm not joking. Obviously, I made it a little more funny than it right. was, but he did do that. And it's, there's a truth that we are all, we're all just chemical. We're somehow chemically combined at a certain frequency. Because when you think about frequency, frequencies, this water is vibrating at a certain frequency mm -hmm. than us. And like, that's why it's liquid. And that's why it's just fucking, it's awesome to think about and how beautiful the world works. And to think that vibrations came together to make me some kind of gooey solid mess and it's also giving out more vibrations mm -hmm. and so you're crazy. outputting vibrations the earth is yeah. outputting vibrations the sun is outputting vibrations everything's just vibration that's like is light a particle or a wave frequencies well, and stuff like that oh my god that, you know it kind of boggles my mind trying to think about how many how many um like uh different kind of waves are going through the air right now well, that's why they think bees, honeybees, are are having a hard time with surviving because all the frequencies, too many frequencies that we're always putting out. Okay, besides the natural frequencies from the earth, the sun, us, just nature in general, take those aside. What about man-made frequencies? So we got, you know, what's like what's one of the oldest big waves that we've put radio out? waves, radio waves. Yeah. So how many stations are outputting radio waves at any given time? Yeah. There's a lot that we could pick up right now. AM, FM. Um, then we got we got satellites. We got cell towers. We got Wi-Fi, ultraviolet lights, microwaves. Um, what well, else? You, could ar you could argue that microwaves and all the light waves have already been here but from the light. But, yeah. Uh, I guess there's different kinds then, isn't there? Um, but then, uh, and yeah, Bluetooth, I think, is the last one that I could think of. Because everything freaking has this, there's so yeah. many Bluetooth devices. Yeah. And uh, you ever uh, you ever pass under like a like giant electric lines and you can hear them yeah. buzzing? Yeah. Oh, dude, it's terrifying. Really? Well, you're not yeah. supposed to live under those. Oh yeah. You yeah. legally can't put anything under those. Yeah. Right. Why? Because fucking. It's gonna fuck you up. That's why. <laughs> dude, it's not. It's a real deal, man. Because our like. Even if it doesn't f affect us surface level out here, right? I think it's affecting something. Your cells are so small. That's why they tell you to go to ground. And I grounded yesterday for the first time. I, I used to walk barefoot every fucking where. Mm. Everywhere. Um, and down here, it's just like, I can't really do that here because fucking grass is gross from either. Is it, they, they, like when they develop these places... They just fuck up the grass. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, they don't actually plant like true root systems and shit, and it's annoying. But you know, and then it's filled with other shit and yeah, that damn dogs. Roots. Yeah, well, like so, like going to a park or something's always nice. That's not ran down. It's actually like a park, like uh, down near actually uh, like Bell Mead and that. Uh, they have a nice park that 
I got to go back to sometimes and walk barefoot. But man, it's just because your mitochondria and everything else is is electrically charged, posit- uh, yeah. ionically charged. It literally affects your body. Yeah, yeah dude. It's so true, man. Uh, but going back to the secret, I think I think the main point is getting to your mind, get your mind right, right? And that, I think it really starts between, for a lot of us, is gratitude. Being able to appreciate what you have in your life. Mm, that be, That's a great way to start and to start the day. But Yeah. Oh, can you put a pin in that? I got to piss. Okay. Put a pin. Uh, yeah. What time is it? I don't know. How long have we been going? For a minute. It's uh, it's eight forty. How long has it been? Oh. I have no idea. When did Quincy call you? That was I was that wasn't even at the start. Wasn't? It was like ten. One of them in. was. One of his calls was back at six fifty. Alrighty. So, <laughs> not that. I mean, I mean, it's only been almost two hours, right? Basically. Six fifty, seven fifty, eight fifty. I think about two hours. Yeah. All right. So look, uh, I don't really know where we're going with it, but. Tony Gentile. We can end with gratitude. Yeah, we end with gratitude. We're going to end by saying you need to start with gratitude and appreciate everything around you to get up here right. Next time I'm on with you, let's start with gratitude. Start with gratitude. Book by Tony Gentile. We're going to end with gratitude today, but we're going to start start with gratitude next time. Amen, brother. Uh, All right, you go take a piss and we'll sign off. Love you, bye. (laughs) Mm-hmm.